Welcome to Reptilian Ramble. This is the show where we share perspectives on all things reptiles. I'm Hunter Hauk. And I'm Davis Lynch. We're the co-hosts. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram at Reptilian Ramble. That and more are linked in the show notes. Let's get into the show. So everyone, today we are here by Tyler Ruggy. So for those of you who don't know, Tyler Ruggy is a reptile YouTuber. He has other animals too, but I think mainly reptiles. And we're super excited to have him here today. Thank you so much to Josh's Frogs for sponsoring this episode of Reptilian Ramble. Josh's Frogs' main mission is to bring nature into people's homes. Whether that's through the animals that they breed, the plants that they raise, the insects that they sell, or the beautiful digital content, Josh's Frogs truly has it all. The goal of Josh's Frogs is to sell everything you need to be successful in properly raising your animals. They have a variety of animals which are all captive bred, enclosures, supplies, food, and other items that are perfect for your pet. They provide you all of the education that you need. They have care guides, a YouTube channel, and a blog, all of which are full of amazing content to help you learn about these amazing animals. Be sure to check out Josh's Frogs at joshesfrogs.com. That's J-O-S-H-S frogs.com. I absolutely love Josh's Frogs, so thanks again, Josh's Frogs, for sponsoring this episode of Reptilian Ramble. Hello. Yeah, so Tyler, do you want to tell a little bit about yourself to people who like might not know you or isn't really familiar with your channel and your pets? Yeah, so my name is Tyler Ruggy, and I mainly make content on social media about my pets because like you guys said, I have a lot of them. I do have mostly reptiles, but I also have like pretty much like a ton of other things like a hedgehog, rabbit, fish tanks, birds, dog, like literally like one of everything pretty much. But I just love making content about animals to get people more excited about animals. I also really like removing a lot of the negative stigma around animals that are often feared or disliked and also educating people about like pet care and just in general about what it's like to have all the animals that I have, so. Awesome, yeah. Uh, we're gonna start getting into some of the questions. So Hunter, do you wanna ask the first question? Of course, so this first question is from someone who we all know and love. Emma Sampson asks, if you were to start an animal-related business, what would it be? That's a really good question and actually, um, some of you guys may know this, but I've kind of recently gotten into breeding crusted geckos. So actually a business that I'm kind of starting with Maddie is like a crusted gecko breeding sort of thing, which might eventually, you know, branch out into other things. But right now we're focusing on crusted geckos and we have an Instagram page called Celestial Exotics if anyone wants to follow it where we are posting like crusted geckos we have, which I actually haven't shared on my other social medias very much, but there are crusted geckos we plan on breeding. And we're doing like pretty high quality geckos because we want to breed like really nice geckos that we think are just beautiful and we would yeah. love to buy and stuff like that. So that's one thing we actually are getting into. But aside from that, like a long-term goal, eventually I always thought it would be really cool to eventually like somehow open a pet store 
where it's like all the animals come from like local reputable types of breeders and they have like really nice good setups and you actually like give people proper care instructions and stuff and only sell like really nice cages which is really difficult because it also is a business and you have to be profitable still but that would be a really cool like long-term goal because there aren't very many of those types of pet stores unfortunately yeah that would be really cool yeah that is kind of the sad part of the whole pet store industry they have to make money so they're more likely to sell stuff that they can get for cheap and sell for a lot of money so i think it would be super cool if you were able to figure out how to sell good enclosures right yeah and our next question is asked by casey and casey asks does the amount of animals you have ever get overwhelming so honestly i've never been very overwhelmed just because i'm always very careful to not overextend myself with the amount of animals i have um, like when I first started getting into reptiles, of course, it was really hard to not just buy everything all at once. And I was very quick at first with things I was getting because I didn't have anything yet. So I was really excited. But as time went on, I was very careful, like, all right, I can't just keep getting like a new snake every month. I need to like chill because I will get overwhelmed eventually. So that's something I was always very careful about. I didn't want to get to a point where I was you know, overwhelmed with the amount of animals I have. Sometimes I do like sit back and I'm like, wow, my life would be so much easier if I didn't have this many pets. Like there's so right. many things I can't do because I have so many things that rely on me, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't like trade it for anything. I love all the animals I have, although it comes with a lot of responsibility, but yeah, I've never been super overwhelmed. I'm always very careful to not put myself in that position. Yeah. Yeah. Our next question is also from Casey, who asked the previous question, and this time they asked, do you prefer blue-tongued skinks or bearded dragons? This is a tough question. That is a tough question. I love them both so much. I think blue-tongued skinks are cooler in a way, just I think they're very interesting, um, and they have cool personalities, yeah. but... Like, at least for me personally, obviously every reptile is different as far as its personality and the way it acts. And maybe there are really fun blue tongue skinks out there, but my blue tongue skink like is underground at all times. <laughs> like I barely even see him. He's just like hiding. Sometimes he comes out and like roams around and to eat or whatever, but I don't see very much of him, which is kind of sad to me. But my bearded dragon is always out. He's always like walking around and he's so active and just has like a very like cool personality so just out of my blue tongue skink and bearded dragon my bearded dragon is just more exciting yeah. but yeah i mean i don't know it's it is very hard <laughs> yeah and then our next question is asked by somebody i guess their username is ghoul bagel and they asked if you were to own only one gecko species what would it be and why Okay, that's a really hard one. If I could only own one. Uh, I don't know. God, there's so many geckos, so it's just so yeah. hard. Like, I mean, it's really lame, but I guess in a way I would say crested geckos because I think crested geckos are really cool. Like, they're very basic and easy to take care of. Mm -hmm. But they're also, like, they look like little dragons in a way. Like, they yeah. are really looking although they're so common now but 
Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I'd probably choose Crested Geckos, but I also, a gecko I'm a huge fan of that I don't actually have are scorpion geckos because they're like oh, really yeah. small and they have these really cool tails that curl up and they have really cute faces. I really <laughs> love those too. But yeah, I guess if I could only choose one, I would still probably choose crested geckos just because of how simple and cool they are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good species. Yeah. So this next question is also from someone we all know and love. So Maddie asks, what crested gecko project are you most excited for in 2021? And who is your favorite gecko all of, out of all of the geckos that you two own? That's a really tough one. Because like I said, I unless anyone follows our Instagram page, I haven't shown very many of our geckos. Like we have a ton of geckos that we plan on breeding. And they're all so, we have so many cool ones. And I'm really yeah. excited to eventually show them on my channel. Again, you guys need to check out the Instagram page, Lesser Exotics, if you want to see some of these. But um, I'm really excited. We have really cool tricolor crested geckos that are just like absolutely stunning. And it sucks because a lot of them are still babies, so they're not actually going to be ready to breed for a little while. But the tricolors are really, really cool. But if I had to choose like one of our geckos, that's my favorite. It's probably Maddie's Lily White gecko kayla is like absolutely gorgeous because she's just uh -huh. like a white crested gecko and she has these really floppy crests and she ha she's just so cool so th that's technically i guess maddie's gecko but it's like my favorite of all the geckos we have probably yeah lily whites are super pretty they're so uh -huh. cool i love them <laughs> yeah same and then our next question is asked by someone named Rose. And Rose asks, what are your thoughts on getting a pet for mental health reasons? So I think pets are really wonderful to get, especially if you want them to kind of help you with your mental health. It's just also important to make sure you're not going to at any point overextend yourself with whatever pet you choose to get. Mm -hmm. um, because some pets are a huge responsibility and if you're struggling with mental health then it can often be difficult to take care of something that requires a lot of maintenance yeah. and I think like a lot of like reptiles are really good because they're really basic and they don't really require a ton from you at all times but if you were to get something like let's say like a parrot where it like needs yeah. you all the time right. it's like hard because it's like if you're having like really bad like depression for a while and you like don't want to get out of bed it's like you know, you just want to make sure that you're not getting something that like needs you all the time. But mm -hmm. pets are really good if you need something for like mental health reasons. So yeah, I think they're really good. It's just make sure you're not going to overwhelm yourself. Otherwise it yeah. might make it worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our next question comes from Marley. So Marley asks, what are your thoughts on keeping animals that have mutations, which all which alter their care, such as albino iguanas? Um, I, I mean, I guess I don't have a huge issue with things that like that, where it alters their care as long as it's not hurting the animal, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like as long yeah. as it's like, for example, um, silky bearded dragons are one right. that I don't really like because they have health issues because of it. But that also you need to like give them specialized care. So something like that, I don't have a huge issue with. But if it's like something like an albino where you need to not give them like as harsh UVB or something like that, but they don't have health issues as a repercussion, 
then I don't think I have a huge issue with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And then our next question is asked by um, Charles. And Charles asks, do you plan on getting any more animals? If so, what species? So I don't think I have anything I'm planning on right now, just because I just found the sulcata tortoise outside that I'm now trying to take care of. Yeah. Um, that's been like something I've been trying to like learn about because I was not expecting that so right now I'm not really in a position where I'm like I'm gonna go get more animals right now but I probably will get s- more things in the future um I'm not sure what though I haven't decided <laughs> <laughs> yeah Alana asks do you regret any of the pets that you've gotten and if so which ones and why and then they also say, love you and your content. You've inspired me so much. Oh, thank you. So I don't think I regret any of the animals I have because I have always put a lot of thought into everything I have. Sometimes like with my African gray, I don't, I don't regret getting my African gray, but she's a lot of work. And sometimes I think about the fact that she is probably going to outlive me. And I'm like, wow, that's a huge responsibility. But I love her and I don't regret it. But I'm like, wow, she might have to go in my well. And that's kind of a scary thought. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then Martin asks, Tyler, do you have any advice for someone wanting to start a pet YouTube channel? So the number one advice I give to anyone whenever they ask me about starting a YouTube channel is to not wait for it, like start now, if anything, because the sooner you start, the sooner you can start to learn and like get more comfortable on camera and get better at editing and making content and all that stuff, because almost guaranteed at first, you're not going to be that great at it just because anything you're new to, you're going to learn and like get better over time. So start now, because that's one of my biggest regrets is I wanted to start a YouTube channel for the longest time, but I waited so long to do it. And even at first you could like make videos and not even post them, but just do it to like like get comfortable on camera, get good at editing, whatever, but start trying to do it now. And then specifically with like pet YouTube, something I like to stress is that you don't need to have a ton of animals to like start a pet YouTube channel because there are tons of pet YouTube channels and like Instagram accounts, TikToks, whatever that only focus on like one animal or a few animals. So you don't need to have like a ton of things to be successful. If anything, a lot of really successful pet accounts are only like based on one animal. So don't feel like if you don't have like 50 things at home that you're gonna be boring because that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, for sure. There's so many great YouTubers who just have like two bunnies or something and then they do like like all about their care and like so much about the just like two bunnies so yeah I agree you don't need to have like a lot of animals to be a successful youtuber um or pet youtuber yeah yeah Yeah, one example that immediately pops into my head is Doug the pug that is Mm -hmm. such a highly followed account and it's based on one dog so like you don't have to have a ton of animals to have a lot of followers yeah, for sure. Right, and it doesn't need to be like a crazy animal either. Like Doug the pug is just a dog. Yeah, so it's like 
it doesn't even need to be like something that that insane like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and then Casey asks, what are your thoughts on the keeping of large monitors and crocodilians? So I don't, I'm not against keeping things like that, but I feel like most people just shouldn't because your average person doesn't have the means to properly take care of something like that. Like, I don't really like when people keep really large lizards in like a small enclosure. So if you have the space to give them like something they truly need to thrive and like roam around in and that's great and I think that you can do that but yeah I'm not against it but I definitely think that you know a spe it takes a special person to be able to take care of something like that properly yeah <laughs> yeah definitely and then our next question is asked by Emmy's pets and she asks, do you secretly have a favorite pet? Um, I don't know. Oh, uh, that's hard. Cause I don't like, there isn't a single thing and it's, I have so many cool animals, obviously, but <laughs> I guess like one of my favorites has to be Nova, my dog, which is oh, so yeah. lame because she's my dog and I have so many unique animals. And, but like, yeah, Nova's just, so weird <laughs> so it's like if you've seen nova she's just such a strange looking dog and like anytime i'm like feeling down i just need to see her stupid face and i'm like wow i'm like happy again <laughs> yeah. and like not many of my animals like do it to that degree so <laughs> yeah, yeah. so funny story when emma from emmy's pets asked that question she said i bet it's nova so <laughs> good guess <laughs> It's probably because I'm just constantly posting Nova on like my stories <laughs> and on Twitter and stuff. And there are just all these really like crazy, stupid looking pictures of her. Everyone just knows that I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Gracie asks, are there any animals that you have right now that you love, but you just wouldn't want to own that species in the future? Um, that's a good question. Um, I'm just trying to think. I mean, one thing I'm not 100% sure of, but I've kind of like pondered is my hedgehog. I love my hedgehog so much, but I'm not sure if I would get another one just because they're kind of like a lot of maintenance. They make a huge mess and they also don't love being handled very mm -hmm. much. And I love her. She's the cutest thing ever and I don't regret getting her. But I'm not sure if I would get another hedgehog moving forward just because it's like a lot of work and I don't get to interact with her a ton because she doesn't love it, you know? Yeah, I feel like I'm right. stressing her out every time I'm trying to hold her, so I feel really bad about it. But I'm like, I love you so much. <laughs> and also right. she all wheel and runs in it. I'm like, oh. okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> the joys of small mammals. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're awesome, but wow, they're a lot of maintenance. <laughs> yeah. Those were all of the questions, so now I guess we can move into the discussion topics and just have kind of like a conversation about these different things. So the first one, I know you like touched a little bit on this earlier, but um, you got a new tortoise and do you want to share like the story on how you got it or I guess found it? <laughs> Yeah, so it's actually a really crazy story. 
kind of like I don't know just so crazy to find a tortoise outside especially in Michigan and a lot of people not a lot of people but some people still think I'm like lying about it which I think is so <laughs> funny because I'm like if I bought a tortoise I would just say I bought a tortoise like I have so many yeah. animals I purchased I don't need to like make up that I found something but <laughs> yeah it's just so crazy that of all people I ran into her because basically um, some people may or may not know this, but on the side a little bit, I like do dog walking just like in my free time because I think it's fun and mm-hmm. like make a little extra money on the side, whatever. So I walk people's dogs. And so I was at one of my clients places. They live in like an apartment complex and I was walking their dog and I actually took a different like route than I usually do. I usually like leave the complex to like go on the sidewalk down this road and walk the dog whatever and so this time I like just went a different way and I just saw the tortoise walking like down the road like in the apartments and at first I saw it from like afar and I was just very confused because here in Michigan we don't have tortoises and we also don't really have like very many even like turtles like there's some like sliders and stuff Mm -hmm. but like I was just like, what the heck is that? So I went up to it and I was like, oh my God, like, I think that's a tortoise. So then, um, yeah, I just like picked it up and Maddie was like waiting for me in the car. So I took it to Maddie and I was like, I found a tortoise outside, LOL. And I like didn't know what to do because I was like, I don't really even know how to like care for them very much. Mm-hmm. And like, I knew they were gonna, it was gonna get really big. And like, yeah, so I just was totally unprepared for this. But it was really cool that I was the one who found it because if anyone else found it, they probably wouldn't know what it was. There's a chance people would just think it was like a native animal if they don't know better and just leave it there. Mm -hmm. And I found it in like, I think it was like October and it was like kind of cold outside already. So it like, it's good I found it when I did. And then I tried to find the owners by like posting places and I tried to like scan it for a microchip and all this stuff and like no one ever came out and claimed it so now it's mine I guess (laughs) what are you gonna do when the tortoise like gets big and I know you just got like a pretty big enclosure but when it outgrows that like what are you gonna do yeah I'm not 100% sure I'm very tempted to like want to try to keep it but I really don't think I'm going to be able to Mm -hmm. So I I know a few different people who I could probably give it to and I've talked to them and like I basically have it set up where if I can't keep it I know people who have the means to take care of a tortoise and like give it a nice like big setup and all that stuff or even give it like an outdoor setup so it'll probably just go to someone I know but I'm not for sure on that yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah so another topic that I am always super fascinated by is super dwarf retics. Would you want to talk a little bit about yours? Yeah. So my retic is actually not a super dwarf. It's a dwarf. Okay. There's like kind of a difference, but yeah, super dwarfs get, stay really small and then dwarfs still stay small, but they get a little bit bigger. And then there's obviously your normal retic that just gets humongous. Right. But yeah, they're really cool. And I was really lucky because I got mine at Tinley from Reach Out Reptiles, who happens to be like, I didn't even know this at the time, but they were like one of the most well-known breeders for super dwarfs and like the most reputable breeder. If you're going to get 
a super dwarf or a dwarf retic, like you need to go to reach out reptiles because they are like dedicated to this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, not a, I don't want to say a lot of breeders, but it does happen where breeders will sell a retic and say it's a super dwarf or like say it's a dwarf, but it isn't really, or it only has like a little bit in it. So it still gets really big. Mm-hmm. And then people like are like, oh, cool! I have this retic that's only gonna get like eight feet long, but then it ends up being fifteen feet long still, you know? Yeah. So, so I was really lucky that I got it from, you know, Reach Out Reptiles, and I just think it's like such a cool idea because retics are such amazing snakes. Like, love them. But unfortunately, most average people don't really have the means to give like a full-grown retic a very nice setup. So I think it's really cool that they're able to produce ones that stay fairly small. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like a lot of people could easily fall for that scam because they are like the scam of getting a full-size retic and being told that it's a super dwarf or a dwarf because a lot of people who have other reptiles, they think like, oh, maybe the parents are just het for dwarf or super dwarf, but that's not exactly how it works with retics. It's more of a locale based on what island they're from and not like a recessive trait or anything. So there's different right. percentages of re or excuse me, of like sizes too. So you definitely want to go to like reach out or someplace that can tell you all about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then why did you like decide to start a YouTube channel? So originally it was, I always wanted to start a YouTube channel ever since I was like really young, just because I always, I grew up watching YouTube. So I always just thought it was like really cool. And yeah, I, like I said, I always regretted not starting it sooner, but basically when, after I graduated high school and all my friends went off to college and stuff I was just like really bored honestly like I didn't know what to do in my free time and I was like all right I really wanted to start a YouTube channel so like let's just try it and at first I didn't even necessarily think it was going to just be about my animals so I was just making like random videos like at the time um in like 2015 it was really big to do all those random they're so like boring I feel like but the random tag videos where it's like bean boozled like trying jelly beans (laughs) or in snacks like stuff like that so I was just making like the most random videos like trying weird potato chip flavors like stuff like that (laughs) and like eventually one one of the like I guess it was like probably one of the first like five videos I made was like a meet my pets video because I saw like a other just norm not even pet tubers but just normal like youtubers were doing that just to show like what pets they own so Mm -hmm. i was like cool i'll do that because i have so many animals i had like five at the time and (laughs) i was like i have really cool animals too because i have like a snake and i have birds and stuff like that so i did that and it's literally called like meet my pets like all seven or something like that it's funny (laughs) and like all 50 but yeah that video like ended up doing really well and people wanted to see more of my animals and I was like okay I guess I'll just like do videos with my birds and my rabbit and like my snake and so I it just like slowly became like I was making more videos about my animals because those were the videos that people were asking for and were doing well 
and then eventually I just ended up, you know, I'm like, now I'm a pet tuber. <laughs> it's right. kind of funny because I didn't even intend on it or like, no, it was a thing when I started, but then here we are. Yeah, well, in 2015, it wasn't even like that much of a community, really, was it? Like, I don't think it was that much of a thing, like pet YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there weren't, there were some people, like, I think there were people who did like aquarium videos and there were people who did like, like, there were some people like um, my friend Tori, her channel's like, yeah. was Pug Pitbull Hedgy at the time. She was making videos like forever and she did like hedgehog videos. And like, there were people who made videos about like specific things, like maybe birds or like hedgehogs or like rabbits, something like that. But yeah, I feel like it wasn't very much of a community in the way it is now. So I think it's really cool how like more people started to do pet videos and we kind of like made it into a community. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you like start meeting the other pet tubers? Um, so the very first other pet tuber I met was Taylor, I think. Mm -hmm. I think it was Taylor because I feel like we were kind of like some of the first people who were making videos about like a lot of different yeah. animals. And yeah. so a lot of our viewers, we had the same viewers. So a lot of people were asking me to like collaborate with her and saying that we should collab and we should be friends and stuff like that. <laughs> so I don't even remember exactly how it happened, but eventually like we started talking and then I was like, we should like film a video together. And then I flew to Texas and we just like filmed a video and it was just like the most like random thing ever. Cause I've never mm -hmm. done anything like that before. And I was still very new to like doing YouTube and stuff, but it was mm -hmm. really cool. And then um, obviously I met Maddie too. Yeah. I might've met Maddie first. I don't remember. It was around the same time, like 2017, I think. Mm -hmm. But yeah. And then um, I ended up meeting like a bunch of people when we did the first pet fest, which originally was supposed to literally just be us getting together and like hanging out. And we were going to meet in Ohio. And then we decided like, since we're going to hang out, we should just do like a meet and greet and we'll like see if people want to actually like come meet us. And we were not, we did not have high expectations. We were like, we're gonna meet like 10 people today. And mm -hmm. so we ended up saying like, we announced it like, all right, we're gonna like have a meet and greet at this park in Ohio. And we did not think anyone would come. Like we thought maybe a few people, whatever, <laughs> but it would just be fun. And then we ended up like getting like a lot of people who are like, yeah. we're coming. And then we were like, oh no, <laughs> because we were planning on having it like at the park. We rented <laughs> out like this really small area and we were like, if all these people come, like it's not gonna be like, we can't do that, you know? Yeah. So we ended up putting out like a survey thing and we were like, let us know if you're gonna come. And then it was like, you know, maybe, I don't know, like 800 people said they wanted to come or something like that. Oh, and we were like, oh God. Like, it was so cool, and we were so thankful, but we were like, this is going to be a disaster. And then we ended up, like, renting out an actual, like, building, and it ended up going really well, and it was really cool. Yeah. But it was just such a cool experience, because that was the first time we all really met, like, all of the us, like, in our little pet tube friend group, we met up, and we did that, and that was just, like, such a cool experience. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I remember watching, like, the vlogs of that and being, oh, like, so jealous that I couldn't come and meet you guys. <laughs> yeah it was so fun it was so cool because like never would i have thought that we would be able to pull something like that off 
but we yeah. had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would love to come to PetFest one of these years. Do you think, I guess we've talked about this on the podcast with Emma Sampson the first time she was on the show, but do you think you'll have it again in 2021? It's so hard to say just because of everything going on, like with the pandemic and the fact that we really just have no way of knowing what's going to happen as far as when it's actually going to be safe to have really big gatherings like that again. Right. But I think we would really like to do PetFest again. And honestly, like in 2019, we were talking about having it in 2020 potentially. And then obviously that just completely could not happen. Right. So um yeah it's hard to say i feel like saying it'll happen in 2021 is maybe pushing it a little bit just because who knows like if things will actually be better by mid 2021 right but hopefully it is and hopefully we could but if not definitely in the future we i think we want to yeah yeah and I guess this kind of relates to it, but like, who are some of your inspirations in the hobby or even like outside of the hobby, just like other creators you like or just other inspirations in general, I guess. Um, it's hard to only name a couple people just because I've met so many really cool people in the hobby and like other people who do YouTube just throughout you know, going to expos and everything and all the friends I've made. Mm -hmm. And just like everyone I met really inspires me in different ways. And like people are always inspiring me to like, try to like do better with my care and like learn more and like even with my content and improving my content, stuff like that. Um, But but like some of the like bigger pet youtubers that people probably know that have inspired me would be like snake discovery clint and like emzotic yeah because i've met them all and they're all like really really nice like genuinely nice people um and like i just feel like they all have they're all very knowledgeable and have very good like work ethics and it really inspires me to want to like work harder and like learn more and like do the best that i can Yeah. yeah that's awesome I think Clint's the only one from that group who we haven't had on the show. So people, you should totally tweet Clint and tell him he should come on the show. <laughs> yes, you need to get him. <laughs> so what are some of your non-reptile hobbies? Non, <laughs> non- What are those? Um, <laughs> right? <I> <laughs> uh, it's hard because like, I did have other hobbies, but I feel like the reptiles just completely consumed my entire life. Yeah. But, um, like other things I liked doing, and it's sad because I don't do many of my other hobbies very much anymore, and I probably should, but I really used to be into like photography and drawing, like really like artsy stuff. Mm-hmm. Like when I went to college, I actually went for graphic design originally because I wanted to like go into like being an art sort of job um so I guess I'm still kind of artistic when it comes to like video editing and like editing things for my social media maybe but yeah that kind of stuff I really like and like I used to be really into playing video games which I literally just don't have time to anymore (laughs) but video games is fun um when the weather is nice I do like to like go hiking and stuff with our dogs and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and like enjoy nature and 
yeah i guess that kind of like kind of wraps back into like reptiles and stuff because i like finding like going herping kind of it's really lame in michigan though because there aren't very many like <laughs> native reptiles here but you know i found the water snake that was cool i like oh, yeah. doing stuff like that <laughs> yeah so would you want to tell us a little bit about your experience with breeding crested geckos yeah sure so breeding crested geckos is luckily very simple because they just breed very easily and readily and their eggs don't need to be in like a special incubator like they pretty much incubate at room temperature so they're really easy to breed and that's one of the reasons why that was like the first thing we tried like a breeding project with is it was really easy plus they're really really cool we love them so yeah i mean we're still pretty new to it we've only produced um like very little like crusty geckos so far right now we're just focusing on what we've been focusing on like purchasing geckos to breed in the future so we're really excited to like do that once more of our geckos are ready but yeah. it's really really cool to like take two really pretty geckos and just see what they produce and yeah. choose geckos and be like i wonder like this one would look really cool with this one and just see like what babies come out it's really really cool Mm -hmm. yeah do you think i know you said you like are thinking about breeding like more reptiles in the future but like do you have any ideas of like what's next for breeding reptiles like what kind of reptile you're gonna breed next i don't know for sure um definitely i think sometime in the future it would be cool to like breed snakes i'm not mm -hmm. sure what snakes like I, if i had to guess i would say maybe like corn snakes or like ball pythons would be really cool just because of how many morphs there are with ball pythons and all the different endless possibilities yeah but i haven't like thought too much into that i would like to breed snakes in the future just because i do love snakes so much but i feel like that's still a little bit far away we're still just focusing on the crusty geckos mostly so i'm not getting too out of myself yet but snakes for sure but i'm just not sure mm. which ones <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I would love to breed ball pythons in the future as well. Yeah. And I know you have several bioactive enclosures. Uh, do you wanna, I guess, like talk about them or share your opinions on bioactives or like if you like them more than just like base, more basic enclosures? Yeah, I don't know, just like your experiences with them in general. Yeah, I absolutely love bioactive enclosures. Just everything about them to me is superior to just not having a bioactive. Mm -hmm. uh, it's obviously like, I feel like it's more expensive to and complicated to start up. And it's very confusing at first, trying to like research what to do, um, yeah. how to do it properly. And there's definitely like a learning curve when you're first doing your first ones and like getting the plants to stay alive and stuff like that because they require live plants and then like um adding a cleanup crew and trying to figure out like what isopods to add and how to like keep the isopods in there alive stuff like that but it's really simple once you get the hang of it and like i just absolutely love them because like i said you use the live plants and it looks so natural 
um, with the live plants as opposed to just using like fake plants. And then it's, I also like, maybe it doesn't make a difference to the reptile. I don't know if they can really even tell the difference between like a live plant and a fake plant, but I feel like it's just a more natural environment for them in general. Yeah. And especially with like more, um, like let's say like frogs, they need really high humidity. So with live plants and stuff, it helps raise the humidity naturally in the enclosure. So it makes it easier to maintain. And then just in general, it also requires a lot less cleaning because the cleanup crew eats all your animals poop and stuff like that. So it's just like a lot less cleanup because you don't have to like clean out all the substrate every couple months or whatever. So it's like less maintenance. Mm -hmm. and it looks a lot prettier in my opinion so like overall yeah. I love them a lot more and I think that it makes your life like so much easier yeah yeah for sure I love my bioactive enclosure that I have for my white's tree frog I just think it's like a lot more natural like you were saying and like it might all just be in my head but it like seems like she's like more engaged with her enclosure or like I guess happier is like anthropomorphic or something but um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it's more <laughs> beneficial for her. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then how has your experience been with like arid bioactives? Because I believe your bearded dragon is in a bioactive or at least was, right? So has it been like harder to do that? Because I know some people have like mixed emotions on more arid and dry bioactive enclosures. Yeah, so my bearded dragon is in one, and then I also tried doing an arid bioactive setup for my hedgehog, which is like a completely different story. <laughs> but air, yeah, arid setups are definitely more difficult, at least like for me they were, especially because like you, you have to do a different type of plants in them that don't require as much moisture because the arid setups, you're not watering them as frequently. Yeah. And like just in general I have such a hard time keeping like succulents alive so I'm like it's just like they die <laughs> um and like yeah it's harder too because the cleanup crew you have to get special cleanup crew that won't die in like dry soil I've had really good luck with um powder orange isopods they do pretty well and then like the um beetles that superworms turn into those do pretty good too but it's definitely a little bit more difficult. And I think like once you get the hang of it and get into like the routine of like how to properly maintain it, it's definitely like doable and still in the end, in my opinion, easier than just like cleaning out the substrate completely every couple months. But yeah, I really like it still. And then for my hedgehog, it's like near impossible because my hedgehog just like tears apart any plant I put in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then we always like to ask people who come on the show this, what is your favorite feeder insect? So my favorite just to feed my animals in general is probably dubia roaches, just because <laughs> I have my own colony and they're so easy to just like reproduce yourself and have an endless supply essentially. And they're also, I think they're a lot um, like more nutritious than just crickets are. Yeah. So overall i just think like dubia roaches are the best although i am allergic to them i developed allergies so if you have like a colony i would recommend wearing a mask mm -hmm. a lot of people i've seen actually have started recommending it because you can develop allergies from the dust so if i am around my dubia roach bin too much i will literally like not be able to breathe anymore 
Oh, gosh. So that's, that's fun. Um, really helpful when you own so many reptiles. But yeah. it's worth it. <laughs> um, and then, like, the most fun to feed, in my opinion, is uh, hornworms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, like, kind of um, maybe morbid, but I just like seeing them, like, explode. Kind of like <laughs> I don't know. That's like, it's sad too, but I, it's fun. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're always fun. I just wish they weren't so expensive. <laughs> yeah, they are very expensive. I, I usually buy them online um, yeah. and they're a little bit cheaper, but yeah. I don't do them all the time for that reason, but every once in a while, mm. they're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where do you get your feeder insects from? I get them from dubiaroaches.com. Uh-huh. Um, I do have an affiliate link with them in the description of my videos if you need uh, if you need feeder insects. Uh, Same. <laughs> but um, yeah, I get it from them. And just in general, even before I had like an affiliate link, I think they had like some of the best prices uh-huh. for like dubia roaches. So, and I've never had a bad experience with them. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, they're awesome, and their customer service is always great, too. Like, if you have any questions, and now they've even added a live chat feature on their website, so you don't have to send them an email. You can chat real-time with one of their people. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. What are your guys' favorite reptiles to keep? Oh, that's a good question. Leopard geckos are my absolute favorite, which I know sounds so basic, but I just love them. Yeah, mine's also, mine's also kind of basic. It's like probably going to be ball pythons. I just think they're just cute and they're slow moving. And I just think they're just all around good snakes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, ball pythons. I mean, it is basic, but they're so popular for a reason. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hunter, why do you choose leopard geckos? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Probably just because they are... So my first reptile ever was Peyton, my leopard gecko. So I just kind of fell in love with the species, and now I have Peyton, and then I have another one, Pippin, my blizzard leopard gecko. And I think it's cool because they do come in such a wide variety of morphs, and, you know, there's they're pretty calm for the most part. Of course, Pippin is a blizzard, so she's a little bit of a crazy child, but that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think leopard geckos are really cool. I have no idea why I don't have a leopard gecko. I've always like wanted one. And I used to have one a really long time ago. Like leopard gecko is actually the first pet reptile I ever had. Um, But like I never had it like on my YouTube channel or anything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I really like leopard geckos, but I've just never come around to getting another one. Not sure why. Maddie has one, so I get to like enjoy that anyways. And it's really (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my first uh reptile was also leopard gecko and I also really like them as well. Nice. So we so all of our rep, first reptile was a leopard gecko? Yeah, I think Yay. so. <laughs> Squad goals. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> leopard geckos. Yeah, they're really cool. Uh-huh. So um I have another question for you guys. If like what is a reptile that you would like like your dream pet reptile if you could own any one and like like you have the means to care for it no matter what what would it be oh that's a tough question yeah my dream reptile like that i usually say is like just honestly just like a boa constrictor 
I just think they're cool and they're just like, I don't know, they're big, but not like too big that I would be like overwhelmed or scared or something like with the retic. Um, yeah, yeah, I think they're just big and chill and I just kind of really like them. I also like dwarf retics uh, and super dwarf retics. Those are also probably dream snakes of mine. But what about you, Hunter? Oh, that is such a good question. So, hmm, I'd have to say probably like a tegu, but that would be super far in the future. Um, hmm, I'm trying to think. I really like Cuvier's Dwarf Caimans, but that's something that I would not want to own unless I was using it for like an education purpose. What about yeah. you, Tyler? So... Yeah, that's that is a hard question I've asked. Um, okay, so one that I've always really loved is caiman lizards. Oh yeah, I think that they're so they're so pretty, but yeah. I wouldn't want to own one unless I could have like a really big enclosure with like a really nice water feature because I they're like semi aquatic. They really like to swim. Uh -huh. So if it would be so cool to just have like a huge enclosure with like a huge water feature that was like part like aquarium pretty much that it could just like swim in that would be so cool that would be like my dream like lizard and setup yeah you'd have yeah, to find a place to get lots of snails <laughs> yeah that too maybe like i mean you could pretty easily probably breed your own snails but i would need to like True. start out with a lot of them yeah <laughs> another thing that's really cool i would love to own this is not a reptile but if it were legal i'd love to own the giant african land snails oh, oh yes yeah those are cool. so cool but very illegal as well <laughs> uh -huh. yeah you don't want the usda to come knocking on your door like um why do you have a uh crop pest in your house <laughs> yeah like a huge snail yeah <laughs> yeah those oh, are so pretty though yeah they are they're cool uh tyler i know that your like your saltwater tank had like a really bad algae problem is it still like does it still have like a lot of algae or has it gotten better <laughs> It's not as bad as it was. I I don't like I think part of the issue is I have it in a bio cube, which is just like really not great in my opinion. Especially like I'm not like super knowledgeable about saltwater tanks. Like some people are really into it and like know everything and I'm just not one of those people. So like I, I just like I feel like the bio cube really limits you as far as like your lighting and your filtration. So I would love to have like my I really want a saltwater setup and I really want to like get rid of my bio cube and have a setup with like a sump and everything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I haven't really I just haven't been doing much with my saltwater tank like I've given up on trying to like do corals and stuff mm -hmm. because I just like don't want to deal with it. But eventually I want to get like a bigger tank because bigger tanks are easier to like maintain overall and I want to like have a sump and everything just the bio cube. I do not like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tyler, do you have a lot of houseplants or is that just kind of Maddie's area of expertise? So it's mostly Maddie's thing, like absolutely insane. I don't think anyone's actually ever seen like to what extent she has houseplants. <laughs> like they're just like all over the kitchen, all over the dining room, all over our bathroom. They're in our family. Like every room is just like houseplants everywhere, which I love. Oh, wow. I'm not complaining. 
because yeah. um, it's like living in a forest and it's really pretty and I also love that they're not my responsibility so it's mostly it's mostly Maddie's but I actually do have a decent amount of them that are mine as well but a lot like because I went through a thing where like I wanted house plants, but I was like, I need to get things that are very simple and require very little from me. Otherwise I'm going to kill it. <laughs> so I got like a couple things. Like I got like a pothos and a ZZ plant and I killed the pothos. So that was like a no-go. I am really that challenge at house plants. <laughs> yeah, I was and gonna like, say, how do you kill a pothos? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really know how that, that happened, but we're not gonna talk about it. Yeah, and, moving um, on. <laughs> I have like a lot of house plants that started out as I bought them for bioactive enclosures and then I ended up never using them so I just kept taking care of them as house plants. So I actually have like I think if I counted it would be like maybe like 12 or something which I feel like is kind of a lot mm -hmm. but like Maddie literally has like 70 so yeah or maybe more than that I'm not sure she has a lot it's crazy <laughs> that is a lot wow yeah do you guys have house plants uh yeah i have several house plants i have two birds nest ferns and then like some african violets bamboo stuff like that um yeah i really like house plants a lot and i know hunter you have a lot too right yeah i have last count i think was like 17 in my bedroom so you could say quite a few <laughs> What are your favorites of whatever you guys have? Like, do you have a fave? Ooh, I'm a big spathophyllum person. I don't know what that means. Yeah, <laughs> It's like a peace lily. Okay, oh. I know what a peace lily is. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> um, I like bird's nest ferns, kind of. Uh, I just yeah. think they're, like, funny looking. Um, yeah, they're really cool. Yeah, I like African violets just because they're just kind of, like, interesting and i think they're pretty but like i don't really have any like reason why like i like them i just do <laughs> yeah i i really like carnivorous plants but um, they're kind of hard to take i don't know if they're actually hard to take care of or it's just me because i'm really bad at plants but i got like a venus flytrap and i ended up killing it and then <laughs> i bought a pitcher plant on etsy and it's actually still alive. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, pretty, it's really cool. I really like the pitcher plant. And then Maddie has a variegated monstera, Ooh. which is so cool. And they're really expensive. It's so crazy. Like, she bought, like, it was literally, like, a little, like, nub, like, a little stick that didn't even have leaves. She bought it online. <laughs> yeah. And it was, like... It was like two or three hundred dollars or something. Oh my god. Yeah, it was like insane. I was like, you're out of your mind. But it's actually it's grown a couple leaves since then and it's really pretty. So I'm really excited for when it's like an actual big monstera. Yeah. But there was one yeah. at like our local nursery, like a like a decent sized variegated monstera, and it was literally like a couple thousand dollars or something. Oh my god. Yeah, they're crazy expensive. I never knew like how expensive houseplants could be until Maddie got into them and yeah. I realized like some of them are like really expensive and it's like mm -hmm. it's kind of crazy that people pay that much for a plant but some plants are really cool yeah if I would spend a couple hundred on one though I would kill right. them so it wouldn't be worth it for me oh I guess <laughs> um fiddle leaf figs are probably like my favorite houseplant actually 
and also money trees i don't know i just think they're both really cool oh yeah i have a fiddle leaf fig actually oh cool um, and like yeah i was very like worried at first because they're apparently really hard to take care of yeah and, um when i first got it it like wasn't growing like it would grow leaves and the leaves would just die yeah like that's that. really nice yeah so i was like okay great i'm glad i chose like a hard house plan for myself <laughs> who doesn't know how to take care of a pothos <laughs> so but we ended up setting up like a humidifier in the room and now it's doing really good so i think that's what we needed oh that's good yeah. yeah like i dm'd hunter and i was like why does it keep dying because he knows a lot more about plants than i do and like yeah. the leaves would like grow and they'd be really green and they just get like brown spots on them and like just die off yeah so i was like what's happening and hunter was like maybe you're overwatering it so then like i stopped watering it as much because apparently they're like from africa and so i was just like like i just stopped watering it and it's been doing like better it's grown a couple leaves that haven't fallen off but like it hasn't been growing leaves as much as it used to but at the same time at least they're not falling off anymore <laughs> yeah, yeah one thing that i've what i said maybe you need a humidifier if yeah, you don't already maybe. for me overwatering isn't an issue because i forget that i have it for like weeks <laughs> at a time and then, like, Maddie waters it for me as needed, usually. So yeah. I can't really even take credit for keeping that alive. Yeah. Well, with, like, the one I had, I was like, oh, it's, like, turning brown because it's not getting enough water. So, like, I kept watering it and watering it more <laughs> when that was literally the problem. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, Davis, I found with the fiddly fig that you actually gave me for my birthday, which, huge thank you. Um, <laughs> sure. It likes... I don't even know what the proper plant person term is for it, but <laughs> when you give it its water through a method, I just heard it called butt chugging, <laughs> which oh, <God>. what? <laughs> you soak the bottom of the pot in water instead of watering it from above. And yeah. it just the name is so weird, but yeah, that seems to help it. <laughs> yeah, Maddie does that with some of her plants. I didn't know it was called butt chugging though. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Tyler, how are you liking your new custom cages enclosures? Oh, yeah. I really love that. And it's like, it makes me sad that all of my enclosures aren't that because it's just so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, I wish all of my enclosures were just the same and from custom cages. Hopefully one day I can get more of them. But yeah, yeah I really like them. The only thing that I didn't like was assembling it. Uh-huh. It, like, it came in a lot of pieces, and I'm really bad at following instructions and putting things together. Same. Which yeah. is why, like, oh, sorry. Whenever, whenever someone, like, tells me to, like, like, people will be like, oh, yeah, just, like, when I got the tortoise, like, people were telling me, like, oh, yeah, you can just, like, build an enclosure for it. And I was like, no, I can't. Like, I cannot <laughs> do anything myself. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so the custom cages thing, like, I love it. It was kind of hard to put together just because... It came with instructions, but I'm just, like, not good at that stuff, like, following instructions or building things or really just doing anything. So it took, like, a long time for me to figure it out. But once I figured it out, how to do it, it was, like, pretty easy to do the rest of it. And then, yeah, it was worth it. I'm yeah. glad that I don't have to do it again. Um, right. I love it. Yeah. I actually... <laughs> 
custom pages too. I think it, like a year ago is like when they were either like finished setting up, I think, yeah, like around a year ago. And yeah, I agree. They are like a little bit challenging to put together, but I really love mine. And they actually look a lot like yours, which is funny. Yeah. Yeah, they're really nice looking. Yeah. So Tyler, do you have any other like big enclosure plans for 2021 or are the custom cages that you got recently kind of, or kind of your big upgrade project? Um, I don't have anything like super set in stone as far as more in the future. Um, I think I am actually working with custom cages again in 2021 potentially. Mm -hmm. don't want to like jinx it or anything but it's a possibility that I will be getting more work from them which would be really nice because again if I could get like a lot of my enclosures uh just to like look the same so it's all uniform and they, they just look so nice and then also because I feel like when you have like the shelving with just like random enclosures on the shelves it's not very efficient so I can't yeah. fit it as much in the room but when it's all just like a compact unit, you can fit like more cages. So I'll be able to like give some of my animals bigger enclosures just because I'll be able to like fit like bigger ones in the room with that setup. So that'll be really nice. And that'll allow me to like upgrade some of my, I want to upgrade some of my snakes and stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. And then, like I said, this is something I haven't planned at all, but I do really want to have like a nice saltwater setup, like a saltwater tank. I don't know like if I would go with custom aquariums or who I would go through to like get a setup like that. But I really want like a nice reef tank. That would be so nice. But that's like, I don't know. I don't know if that'll actually happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be really cool. How is your other custom um, aquarium doing? That one's doing really good. Oh, good issue with that one <laughs> and like I feel like it's not even that hard to fix but I just haven't like tried that hard as I've had like uh pest snails in that tank which is just uh -huh. kind of annoying it's not like that big of a deal but they just like eat the plants in there so yeah. that kind of sucks but yeah there's that but overall it's going really good I just have the pest snails which is kind of annoying yeah they are annoying yeah I've had to deal with those in the past and they're definitely a pain Actually, something funny kind of happened recently with my saltwater <laughs> tank. Um, I looked in there at like 11 o'clock at night and there was just like a random crab in there and I had never like gotten a crab before. Like I have hermit crabs in there as like, like the yeah. crew kind of, I guess you could say, but like there was like a legit, like just random crab in there. And so I was like super confused, but I guess like a crab egg came in on like the coral frag plug or something that I had in there but my coral died but like I guess yeah somehow the crab got in there and it's like a mystery <laughs> that's so funny before in my saltwater tank I had like like pet like I guess like pest starfish oh. like, they were like they were like a bunch of starfish but they were like small uh -huh. but if you look closely at the glass there were just like little starfish all over the place and they, yeah. they aren't like harmful or anything but it was just really cool because I was like I didn't I didn't buy starfish but there's just like starfish everywhere it was really cool yeah yeah <laughs> that happening 
Um, and apparently there's like shrimp people get to like eat the starfish, but I don't know. But then like when you run out of starfish, then like the shrimp dies. So it's not something that like I would recommend. Right. Yeah, the starfish just disappeared after a while, so it was fine. Yeah. I was kind of sad about it. Though. I didn't want them to go. Yeah. Davis, did you end up naming that crab? No, I haven't yet. Uh, oh, I don't dang. really know what to name it. <laughs> but I looked it up and it might be like what's called a hairy crab, I think, which can be like apparently like really destructive to the tank and can kill like inverts and coral and stuff. So oh, I no. really hope it's not that kind because that would be that's bad, but bad. it looks a little like it. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. I hope it's something that's like beneficial instead of going to eat all your fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate you guys having me on here. It was a lot of fun talking about reptiles and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We hope you loved today's episode just as much as we did. It was so much fun having Tyler on the show. Thanks for listening to Reptilian Ramble. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and rate us using the link in the description. To ask questions for the show, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Reptilian Ramble. If you want to leave us a voicemail, you can call us using the number in the show notes. We'll see you next time on Reptilian Ramble.